On this week's episode of the Superhero Show Show, we'll find out if Kinsey can stick to landing after using those wings in the second season finale of Lock and Key, if Bebo can save Christmas, and if we know who the juggernaut is, bitch, all of that and more on an all-new episode of the Superhero Show Show. Welcome to the Superhero Show Show, the only podcast on the internet that covers every single television show based on the comic book. My name is Ryan, and I'm here with Mike, who doesn't have time for this shit. Mike, what do you Ryan? have to go do? Uh, I just want to say this is how you panel when Cassie's not here. Normally, you would have interrupted me halfway through, and I'm just letting you know you just politely wait and then say, it's bullshit that you're the one hosting. I can't believe the board gave you the keys. Oh, so you're pointing out how I am sometimes bullshit by being bullshit yourself? Yes, but I'm less bullshit because I politely let you just introduce the podcast. So, Mike, what do you have to do? Like, Why are you in such a hurry? You said that we can't do anything cool or fun in this episode uh, because you have I to be up early tomorrow. We should get more of This American Life vibe. Also, I did kidnap Ira Glass, and I need to go to the cabin in the woods and give him some food tomorrow because it's been a few days. Okay. So, act one, a podcaster kidnaps another podcaster. How's that? I'm trying to replace him. Cassie is not here tonight. And, like, I thought that would be, like, a really cool chance for me and you to bond. You and I don't really get along. We don't really gel. And I thought this would be fun, but you don't want to do that? I I would love to bond if you used less hair gel. More bonding, less gelling. So, you're just like... uh. Talk about this thing. Done. Talk about this thing. Done. Everything's stupid. Blah, blah, blah. That's you tonight? I think that's you tonight because I keep asking you questions and you keep blowing them by. So it seems like you're the one in a hurry, my friend. Oh, okay. So a, a typical thing of the, the person who is accused and obviously guilty is to keep throwing it back to the judge and then put the judge in jail. Hey, Mike, the judge is never going to go to jail. They should. Have you seen what these fucking clowns in their robes you're, are doing up on the hill? You're claiming that every judge should go to jail. Yes. Okay. Well, how about this shit, Mike? Judge Doom, based on a comic book. But not tonight. Tonight, it's based on <laughs> Hawkeye, because we are going to get to lock and key when we come back. Crushed it. Season two finale of Lock and Key. Nina tries to support Tyler while he's grieving Jackie's death, and he pushes her away. Eden threatens Josh, and Kinsey leads the battle on Gabe and his demons in their sweet cliffside house. Tasty Ryan asks you this. How do the finale balance the fighting theatrics and emotional character moments, a.k.a. how did this stick the landing? <laughs> I mean, such a good question. Thank you for asking me, Mike, about the sticking of the landing. Uh, I would say pretty good. I would say that this was really interesting, but you have to admit, even if you were into the entire last season, that they was. did one of two things only at the same time. They were either dope or emotional. And never the twain shall meet. Never dope motional. Did you notice a point where they were dope motional? 
Now, I liked the closest they got to do emotional, which when Nina, she never breaks throughout the whole season. And finally, it's the first time when she's like, to Bodie, to this dumb chud of an eight-year-old. She's like, I just keep trying to help, and I don't know what I'm doing wrong. And that was the closest it got where she was acknowledging it. I thought that was cool. It wasn't like she's doing spin moves with wings. Well, Tyler, uh, Tyler's girlfriend, Jackie, just died, right? And he kind of killed her. And he kind of killed her. And then he was like, hey, Mom, you'll never know what I'm going through. Mm-hmm. Despite the fact that the reason for them moving to the lock house was because her hu- she watched her husband die in front of her. I feel like that there's so many shitty things that you can say to your mom. This might not be one of them for you, Tyler. And he does realize, he comes back, he's like, hey, you're the last person I should have said that specific sentence to. It did make me, how how like dumbly angry he was at her in this episode made me remember season one where Kenzie was mad at her all the time for being a drunk and bad mom. And it was a fun switcheroo. The show never dealt with it. It just reminded me that this thing has switched. And in the meantime, Nina just walks around the show going like, what? What? Yeah, they, they need a... So Bodie is like, hey, mom, this will cheer you up. Look at your memories. You'll forget this so I can do whatever I want. Dude, your mom hasn't gotten any in who knows how long. You should not dive into her memories with her dad. And is Bodie, her son, presenting a key that she can put into the back of her neck, basically akin to she's stuck in a dryer and he's got no. something for her no, no, to no, stick no, into? No, 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 no. Not at all? I don't think so. Not at okay. all. Not in the slightest. All right, Mike, let's get to then the other side. That's the emotional part. Uh, Kinsey has wings. Did we know there's a king, a winky? A, a winky. I mean, I, I think they're winking at the uh, camera by having a winky where Kinsey can fly. It, it's so weird for them to just have a key that they haven't introduced before because it'd be expensive. It looked awesome. Just full on key fighting where we're all using different keys in different ways. My, yeah. I have the blowtorch key. She has the wing key. You have the super strength key. Fucking loved it. I don't want superheroes all the time from this show, but, but at I this think point- they did it very well. Everyone has three or four keys, and they're all trying to figure out which one should I plug in right now in order to win the battle, and that is pretty funny. Yeah, I wish they had more, where he's like, shit, I just have the dollhouse key, and that house is so far away. What if I stick my arm in the house and then reach across the cliff, and you just see a giant hand crushing through key house to this other house? And God forbid, like, a janitor becomes the main character of this show and just has 7,000 keys oh, and then never sure, knows which sure, one. Let's see which one you want to get in your arse. Oh, no, I don't, I don't, I don't care that there's bad guys. Okay, but I got to take my time to figure out the key. Get the right key. This tiny town has had so many mysterious deaths in the span of a few months. Is it Murder, She Wrote style? Do you still think about that? Like, are you, like, do you ever wonder, like, what it's like to just have a house right on this side of town and just be like, what is going on here? This town, I would definitely be like, our newspaper is so full every day. This town went from like weird stuff happened decades ago. And then hundreds of years ago, weird stuff started to happen. Once the locks moved in, I would definitely be, I would be having my own fucking detective kid detective across the case. would be like, I think they're the murderers. But we, we, you and I talk about this every time, like Amityville comes up, whether Amityville is a house or a city, or a state, or a country. Right. Aren't you out? Like, haven't you and I watched enough shit where, like, put the for sale sign out yes. right now. I'm fucking bailing. Like, I'm uh, done with this shit. 
oh, we've had 18 mysterious disappearances in the last six months. I'm going to go at least visit my cousins on the other side of the coast. You know what, dude? I don't like call me a pussy or whatever, but I'm going to go with two. 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 One mysterious disappearance is mysterious. Right. Second time, I'm out. Get me the fuck out of here. <laughs> well, I'm gone. Now they're after you. And when Netflix does its true crime documentary, they're like, and we never found him, but we're pretty sure he did it. So Lock and Key has this thing of, and I don't know what it is, but some of the stuff looks really good. Mm-hmm. And some of it looks like trash. You already thought, you already said that you thought the wings look good? Yes. Okay. That might be because you're in love with buffalo wings. I love Buffalo Wings. I go to Buffalo Wild Wings every night. In fact, I'm recording from one right now. Uh, I can hear it in the background. Everybody's like, Patriots, Patriots. Uh, I thought the wings looked like trash, but I thought that house falling off the cliff looked great. Dude, I might have been distracted by how great, just even before there was CGI, that house looked amazing. And I'm now <laughs> old enough that I'm just like, fuck this show. Give me a show about this house. Honestly, uh, like it might be my age, but like... That house right on that cliff, and then all of a sudden vines come out and attack you. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, but this real estate is so good. I'm going to let those vines attack me. Yeah, I, I might be just getting a little old, Ryan, but I'm just staring at this house overlooking gorgeous New England oceans. And there's vines coming out, and I'm just like, I don't care that there's 18 dead bodies in my basement. And there's a giant safe in this house. You know what's weird, Mike, is that maybe I'm getting a little old, but if I have to kill 18 bodies to put in my basement in order to live on a cliff in that house, then I'll fucking do it. I don't even give a shit. Yeah, I get what you're saying completely. I thought that that looked amazing, but Kinsey's wings look like goddamn shit. They looked think- worse than Buffalo Wild's wings. Okay, that's because Buffalo's Wild's wings look amazing at all times. Uh, I guess we've seen so many different takes on fake wings. These are middle of the road. And, and I'm, I think emotionally, that scene was dope. Would you... Okay, sure. Emotionally. Uh, but would you have liked it better if she... Such locked, a hard-hitting analyst. She put the key in, and then all of a sudden, from her shoulders, shot dozens of Buffalo Wild Wings? Yes. That would have been better for you? Right in Gabe's eye, and then he just... Mel- he doesn't know what to do. Honestly, I, I don't think they look good, but... I did love the absolute deus ex machina of how Kenzie could fly down in and out to get whatever she wanted, but also get knocked around because she flew back into the house when Gabe was like, I'm going to push it. And she fell right the fuck over. She G-grade right to the ground. This was a week of young, powerful women getting knocked to the ground because they, they are cool and tough, but maybe not as tough as they think they are. You have been watching Lock and Key all season long. Did yeah. this have the amount of moments? So, like, in a finale, I'm going to ask for, like, mm. two set pieces and one, like, emotional, hard-hitting moment. Mm-hmm. Did we achieve that goal? Yeah. I like I, the, the emotions were more subtle than a bunch of people we care about dying. It's... We, we didn't lose one of the locks, Right. We're, we're overcoming Jackie. Nina's friend, the detective, is dead. But the show didn't deal with that. Like, it's really putting, like, you should remember why these things are important, though, right? It's, but that's, nobody wants to watch grief. We want people, right. we want to watch them be triumphant. So the show just kicked a lot of stuff under the rugs. I think the set pieces were cool. Uh, Gabe Dodge Echo trying to convince Kinsey they really did love her, but they just love in a different way. And is that so wrong? That all worked for me. I also like that the show wisely went, let's get rid of Gabe, though. Let's just make it dodge for the rest because she can 
she's more intimidating and she can act. And and in this episode, we had two dodges. Yes. And one of the dodges went straight up to Bodhi. Yeah. And said, hey, Bodhi, I'm not dodge at all. And Bodhi was smart enough. You know, Cassie's not here, so we can talk about how Bodhi is actually kind of fucking smart. Yeah. And said, all right, fine. Grab this key from my hand then, idiot. And she did. Bodhi has learned. Bodhi has learned. Maybe Bodhi, maybe Cassie's wrong about Bodhi. I love this. An eight-year-old kid ripped a sword off the wall and was like, this powerful demon is the scariest thing I've ever met, but I'm here alone and it's me and my mom. I guess I better sword fight. And then says, hey, brother and sister, you have to get home very soon. Yes. Because I did confront a maybe demon, maybe not. You know that person you were guilty all season because you thought you might have killed her? You didn't. She's back. It, well, I think not bugs me, but this is with so many finales. We got we a lot of things wrapped up and finished. Gabe and Dodge are gone. Uh, but then, so I'm like, oh, Eden's going to be the next big bad. That's fun. She's a weirdo. I kind of like watching evil, true evil version of her. And then she's like, nah, I'm going to get this guy from all those flashbacks. And yeah. he's going to be the bad guy. He's going to kill me. And that's season three. But I'm like, I don't really care about that hey show uh i know you're a horror show and you want to make things scary but uh having a revolutionary war hero come out as the next big bad is way less scary than you actually think it is than a cannibalistic mean girl yeah i think that's scarier and i also want to shout out to like i don't know if you've ever been a teacher before mike i never have but maybe you have um if any student boy or girl comes into your uh classroom like Eden is doing in this classroom. Yeah. Get them the fuck out or dive out the window. Like, yeah. just bail on the situation. You're like, oh, I need to call Mrs. Jenkins for math real quick. She and also should yourself. be in this room. Yeah. She should be in this room as well. Uh, Josh Bennett, I think, is an interesting nuanced character because he has this, like, obsession. His That's his, the revolutionary figure is his great, 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 great grandpa. Oh, he's connection on the redcoat side. And he's obsessed with this town just like so many folks are. I don't care what your obsession is, man. Probably don't go with an underage student to some dark sea caves because she says, I know some things about this place too. Does that underage student like walk around in a sultry way, almost like she has been encompassed by a villain of a TV show? Stay, don't stay do away. what she says. Just stay don't away, do what she says. Man. Go on a date. You're a widower. There's a widow who likes you. Just go on your dates and talk about how sad you are. Stay away I, from the students. I wonder if this trope is so tropey that actual colleges will put into their guidebook for new teachers. Stay away from people who may seem like they're evil and are trying to get you. Yeah. Man, if I was a teacher, and I never would be, uh, if a student walked a little towards me in that way, instant F. I'm out. I leave the room. You get an F. I'm out. <laughs> Mike. Yes. We have to go, but before we do, what do you think? Second season, Jackie died? I, yeah, I, I think that was braver than I expected the show to be. Even though it started out with a tragedy, they haven't actually killed anybody. Going, and... into the, going into the third season, are you more excited than you were going into the second season? Yes. I think this whole season was dope. Tyler saying, I don't want to remember most of the last two years because I'd rather have a normal life. I, think I want a normal life. I want a normal life is like a big statement. It's uh, And Jackie was feeling that way. It's very... So Susan in the Lion, Witch, in the Wardrobe, which so many of these things are playing with, so many kids find magic, is playing off a Lion, Witch, in the Wardrobe. Susan gets too into makeup, so she forgets the magic, and the rest of the kids are like, this frivolous bitch. So I think it's interesting for somebody being like, no, 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 no. I have to put away childish things. 
because I need to live normally. I can't always be like, I wish somebody I'd known hadn't died or I wish we had magic again. I just want to be an actuary. This So the third book was Prince Caspian and the fourth book was This Frivolous Bitch. This Frivolous Bitch. Uh, I, I see it. Like I can see. I, I definitely was fully entertained for the, from the, this entire episode. Good. I'm glad. Yeah, I, I think it improved between seasons, which is hard for Netflix to do. <laughs> I don't know if they've ever done it. Uh, Mike, you have been telling me a lot about a website you want to set up based on... Wait, is it based on Lock and Key or not? It's not. I would say inspired by... Like, you know how you're like... As a kid, you're like, I saw this movie. It had awesome music. And then you get the soundtrack, and then you realize it has the horrific words once you get home that say, inspired by the movie. Oh, right, right, right. None of the songs you liked are on it. And that is just like uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers performing the movie for you. So... uh, the website that I'm envisioning is called Welcome to Lockhouse. Mm-hmm. And it's how you lock a hoogie. Lock a hoogie. No, Wait, okay, so we grew up in different parts. What do you call it? Because you grew up on the West Coast, I grew up on the East Coast. Well, sometimes there's like snot in between my nose and my mouth. Uh-huh. And then I will like make a weird, really attractive noise. And yeah. then I will hawk a loogie. Okay, so where I grew up was walking a hoogie. It, uh, uh, so you that that thing that I just described is called walking a hoogie, locking a hoogie, locking a hoogie. And so this is a step by step. How do you lock a hoogie? Oh man, I I have my own things because I've been doing it for a long time. But for a newbie, like, what's the first couple of steps? I think the first step is if your tummy can take it, drink a lot of milk. And I'm not talking two percent low fat skim. Wait, are Get you creating the loot the hoogie? Yeah. If you want to, if you want to lock a good hoog. But no, I thought that uh, hocking a loogie, or for locking a hoogie, is you have to do it even though you didn't want it. It it sounds like what you're doing is creating one. Well, sure. Sometimes you don't want it, but sometimes you have, I don't know, a younger relative or the kid whose money you always steal who lives around the corner pinned on the ground, and you want to pretend like you're going to spit it right on their face. Okay. Like Fuller, who's about to drink all that Pepsi. Fuller deserves to have a fucking hoogie locked in his face, my friend. Oh, man. You are the perfect cousin. Not the perfect sibling, but you're just a perfect cousin. Fuller grows up to be Roman, who's also a piece of shit. His whole life, he's a different kind of monster. I love your thing of how uh, people's current acting roles are just the prequels to whatever their next acting role is. Of course. Okay. So So do you think this website will do good? I can do it on my own? Uh, No, Mike, I don't at all, bro. It's not very supportive. I think that makes me want to lock a hoogie right in your way. <laughs> Go ahead, try it. I think that your website, and I'm sorry, it's uh, lockahoogie.com. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I see. think I was welcome to Lockhouse, which is a better name. Uh, unfortunately, no, I don't think so. And I would like to introduce you to cybersprout.net. Hello, cybersprout.net. I'm Mike. Do you know what they do? What do they do? I would have to imagine they teach you how to plant digital grass that seems like that's what it would be but it's just not they actually do so much more than that all right so once you're done digitally sodding what else do they do for you they are your friends for the digital world do they like i need it feels like i need custom templates ryan I need uh-huh. I need something easy to edit. I'm the idea man, so I need I just drag or drop. I don't have I don't have a lot of money so I do want to do this on my own, but I want to be able to keep my site current. Are you saying Cybersprout can help me do that? They can do absolutely they can do. That. Oh, do you want drag and drop on your website? I would or, love like that. 
you probably don't even know what WordPress is. Word. Pre- no, I don't. Uh, yeah, the, some Bartleby the Scrivener shit. It sounds. How like. slowly you said that makes me think that you don't even know what it is. They can totally design it from a WordPress base. How do they? I mean, I don't want to do the maintenance. I'm sure they don't do that for me. They actually do do the maintenance. Okay, but what, backing up, we all know how long that sucks, and I don't want to do that. There's no oh way. Oh my they do god, that. Mike! This is so crazy that you would bring that up. They actually do do the backing up. So we all know a bunch of people are going to try to hack into Welcome to Lockhouse. Uh huh. I don't know how to do security. Do they do that? They actually do the security. Holy shit! So that's pretty good. Cybersprout.net. Are you? They are you? I don't want to put words in my mouth or their mouth, but it sounds like they're my partner for a digital world. And that is Cybersprout.net, your partner for the digital world. When we come back, Mike, we have a second main event. What? Because Christmas is in danger. All the time, this trifling bitch is in danger. And someone is gonna save it. Surprising the world with the greatest gift a young podcast could ever wish for. The CW dropped Bebo Saves Christmas this week. We had no choice but to rearrange the entire show to give this animated masterpiece the time it deserves. Imagined as the children's show that the Lances, Queens, and Allens grew up with, This musical special tells the story of a Christmas-loving fun bear who is disappointed that nobody is celebrating his exact traditions. Bebo has no choice but to throw Fleebo, Tweebo, and Turbo in a car and drive to the North Pole to rescue Santa, who has been overthrown by Sprinkles, an elf who thinks the key to Christmas is technological efficiency. Taste Mike, I ask you this. How the hell do we have this but no Bebo merchandise whatsoever? The, we love the Legends show, but it's clear based on that this exists and that, that the writers and creators are closer to the actual Legends, which is lovable dummies because they there's can no be There's no stuffed animal. There's no socks. There's no one. I have a baby. There's no onesie. There's no... What the fuck? It's absurd. Like, does it cost so much to make merch? That they will think they'll lose money. No, it doesn't, Ryan, because I have a superhero show show shirt on right now. So hey, if Mike, we can do it. Fucking make. I'm do. sorry to interrupt you, Mike, but what the fuck shirt are you wearing right now? It's a superhero show show shirt. Ryan. Oh, you, you, did, you did just say that. Yeah. I, all I heard was clam chowder chowder shirt. Like you made would, a clam chowder out of chowder. I would honestly love to wear a clam chowder chowder shirt, especially if Bebo is goddamn slurping it down. <laughs> do you think that we should make a clam chowder chow chow podcast about the greatest clam chowders? And every week we try a different clam chowder. I got to say, a road man, trip show. Just the just the word chowder, chowder. is one of the most disgusting. Yeah, like that's. Are are you down with creamy fish soup? It is the sound I make when I vomit, Ryan. I just say the word chowder. If if we went to a restaurant right now, and they were famous for their clam chowder, mm-hmm. would you order it? Hell yeah, in a bread bowl for sure. What the fuck, man? It's Did, so tasty. They put hot fish cream in a bread bowl and you're like oh please some of your hot fish cream if i can see the ocean i will eat it okay so illinois you're not doing it no get out of here you deep dish chowder well illinois is by a great lake that's true clams are they do they have clams or chows all right so we're at like the greatest clam chowder in nebraska are you doing that no 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 you're eating corn, right? You're eating corn yeah. chowder. I mean, Just give me something in chowder form. As long as it's chowder, I'm eating it, my friend. All right, Mike. This was this was not Legends tongue in cheek. This was not winking at you. No, it's 
Because its existence is tongue-in-cheek. So therefore, the rest of it can be achingly sincere. Okay, but like that's sort of my point, though. Is that, did you, knowing that the Legends universe created this very sincere thing for little babies, get you through this hour? I loved it. It... Are you in the mood? Like, are you in the Christmas heart-pumping mood right now? I am, and I am married to a Scrooge who hates Christmas. So I found it delightful. Oh, I can't even imagine that if your two loves, Legends of Tomorrow and Christmas, were on the TV at the same time, and that Scrooge of a wife of yours walked in. I watched this on a laptop half-closed in a closet with headphones on, my friend. She would probably say, uh, she'd open up her window, say, you there, what day is it? They'd say it's Christmas Day. Uh, and then she would probably throw up all over their head. Yeah. Just nothing but corn and clam chowder. Hot right on their clam head. chowder. Acid burning clam chowder right on their head. Right on that little poor who just wanted to bring a goose as big as he. Now, I watched this with my baby. Who How did she like it? Did not care at all. And it was. Well, what is she into? It was really hard to let her know that Sarah like Lance may have watched this as a child. <laughs> I don't know if she has the knowledge of that. But, but yeah, I mean, what your kids into right now? She's not one, right? So she's into like death playing chess. But here's what this. Here's what it did do. No matter what, um, it is post Thanksgiving, which is yes. our rule, right? Everybody has this rule of like no Christmas until Thanksgiving's over. Mm-hmm. But it's the first, like it's the first ass Christmas thing you see. Like Charlie Brown is weeks away. I fucking so, hate Charlie Brown Christmas. I think it capitalized on that. I think it was like, oh, we're yes. gonna get in there before any other Christmas specials. Describe the feeling of you watching this. Like, what was it? Was it like you were a little kid? I want to watch it again because yes, it was very little kiddish. But because it is from the sick and twisted minds of the creators of the Legends of Tomorrow, I was always waiting for a foot to drop, Uh and so I want to watch it again, knowing it won't. Instead of being like, "And where's the twist? And where's the twist?" Instead, like the biggest twist was, "Hey, even the hero." Of our Christmas show it's has a dick flaws. Bags. And I also was only on Bebo's side until the end. I was like, oh, he was kind of being a piece of yeah. shit. Yeah. <laughs> that was true. And they didn't do the whole, like, let's have a clip show thing at the end. Mm-mm. It was just like, you remembered the entire episode. Or maybe yeah. they did the, do the clip show thing at the end. But you remember the entire episode. Like, Bebo, maybe you have the biggest lesson to learn of all. And I disagree. But he does have a lesson to learn. But I still think there's other people who are worse. But, like, I don't I know. Thought- and wrote super murder Christmas loving robot. I loved it. I I found this thoroughly enjoyable. I thought it was definitely a Christmas special of 2021, which instead of trying to teach people things, it's leave everybody alone. Yeah. What if we all just did our own thing? Everyone is a psychopath and do not get involved in their lives because they will try (laughs) to fucking bring you to their side. Like this is like, Hey, all my family's QAnon. Should I try to change them? No. Just let them do their thing. Just and do enjoy your thing. Christmas do their thing. own way. <laughs> and I kind of I, I appreciated that. Hang out with weirdo pirate Santa. <laughs> do you think how do you think they took technology and Starbucks to task? I mean, whatever. These are all lessons that we have known for twenty or thirty years. I still appreciate that everyone is delivering lessons as if you were born in, I don't know, between the years of nineteen eighty and nineteen eighty seven. But maybe five-year-olds do need that lesson. I guess. But five-year-olds are Tweebo already. They're born to be Tweebo. And Tweebo was phone girl? Tweebo was phone girl. Okay. Kamiko Glenn from Orange is the New Black. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I think the voice acting was great. You got... The voice acting was great. And Mike, I gotta say, the animation was cheap. Probably yes. on... Because of budget, but also they tried it to like worked. recreate other things. I It probably should have been clay, claymation, but the songs. I thought the songs were really good. Yeah, and I, I have just recently songs? watched, I think, one of my favorite animated musicals of all time. Which is that? Uh, this week I've watched Beauty and the Beast, which... Oh, that's random. Movie of the year listeners will hear about like weeks from now, but... I thought these songs sort of held up. I thought that they, yeah. they they poured their money into the songs instead of the animation, and I appreciate that. I think that's wise. I don't mind when stuff looks kind of shitty. Uh, if it's fuzzy, I, I grew up with Bunny Ears TVs, so I'm just like, fine. But yeah, I think it's so easy to not write a terrible song, and so it's so frustrating when all we get is bad songs from this kind of stuff. So it was, yeah, I enjoyed it. I do. I mean, I... I some musicians would probably have some quibbles with you as far as how easy it is to write a great song, but I hear I hear what you're saying. It's it's crazy. Like uh, Pirate Dinner Adventure, that's a professional ongoing venture, and their songs suck, man. So it's very easy to write terrible songs and still get people to pay you. So it's nice when people write good ones. But I think that at Pirate Dinner Adventure, they're trying to think about what sort of songs pirates would actually write, and that then they're actually accurate. That's truly in the spirit of pirating. Okay, okay. Because if you grabbed a bunch of pirates and said, like, hey, write some songs for a dinner, they wouldn't be good. See, I, I'm a millennial child of the, you know, the 21st century, so when I think pirates, all they should have been playing at Pirate Dinner Adventure is Metallica. That's some uh, internet piracy, my friend. Oh, my God. Do you know how many lawsuits Lars Ulrich famous sewer of things that children like (laughs) i bet lars ulrich has a suit against a bebo saves christmas right now just in case always have a suit pending do you ever see a thing that says patent pending Uh and it was like you had to rush this product out so fast you couldn't even wait for yourself to get the patent patent? you just well they had to rush it out or, or else that notorious thief einstein will steal their patents they put in the public so people know. He did. He wear like a mask around town, stealing people's inventions. He didn't need to. He worked at the patent office, so they would turn it in like, "Please, I poured my heart and soul in the last five years." And he went, hey, 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 "This is my invention." Why does he? Every single time he he runs into offices stealing inventions, and he has bags with dollar signs. Mm-hmm. Every time he leaves the office, those are filled with inventions. They should have invention signs on them. Yes. What's the official sign for invention? Gears and coils and stuff. Gears and I coils, think. yeah. Gears I, and coils I see a gear. I'm like, that's an invention. That's an invention. Somebody invented something. That's um, why anytime like a website's broken and they're like, just press the invention sign. Mike, three words for you. Tell me your feelings. Turbo, Tweebo, Fleebo. I enjoyed... Which one's Oscar the Grouch? Fleebo. He has I fleas. Liked, I liked Fleebo. Fleebo did not bust up his personality because we were in like a Christmas music moment. He was still like, no. fuck you all. I'm not seeing <laughs> yeah. shit. I liked that a lot. I liked his, his, uh, and this is why the message of the special held is his contribution was, I'm going to be an even bigger piece of shit <laughs> to distract the bad guy. <laughs> but also, I'm going to complain so loudly. Bebo, the whole thing you learned was like, be yourself. Yes. And Fleebo. Is a piece of shit. He's a so piece of shit. Be more of a piece of shit. And uh, who's Yvette Nicole Brown? Which one? What bow was she? Turbo. 
Turbo. At the end, they're trying to be like, I love stressing and slaving away because it makes my kids happy. That one didn't fly as much for yeah. me. <laughs> I mean, the it other two. It goes against all Christmas specials we've ever seen in our lives. Like, mm-hmm. she was like, I love stressing to get my kids the perfect present and spending way too much money and knowing that they will never appreciate me. Yeah, That's- I love jingling all the way every Christmas. I don't believe you. Turbo. And then... The other one, and this is I'm so up my own butt, that the one she's like, I love my phone, and that's okay. Nope, you have a problem. You're going to get yeah. the weird pinky. Your neck's going to hurt. It's bad for your eyes. Are we too old to watch this we might be animated too old. Christmas It special. might not have been made for us, which is bananas. Yeah, because Legends is right there. Uh, all right, the final thing that we have to talk about is Ernie Hudson as Santa Claus, a forgotten Ghostbuster, but now your number one Santa? Yeah. I loved him as Santa. He was like a real Santa, but without losing that Santa magic. I thought he was great. Uh, Ernie Hudson, is he underrated? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, he was the, the dean. No. What do, you call, what do you call the dean of prisons? Warden? The warden. He was the warden of Oz. And That's right. He, he was the warden of Oz. <laughs> and they pulled back that curtain and found out. That- they go on the man behind the curtain. He was just a, he was just a cartoon, and to be a Ghostbuster, to be the Wizard of Oz, and then also Santa Claus, that's a lot in a career. Hat trick, he did it. How did but, you like Victor Garber, aka Deo himself, as the narrator who bailed real quick on the show? I was like, when the show started, I was like, oh man, they got Victor Garber. Are you fucking serious? They got fucking Victor Garber, <laughs> and then right away he was like, and then suddenly. My job is taken away. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, Bebo has the has the microphone. I can't think of two voices more different than Garber's dulcet tones. And the games! That was my big fear when Victor Garber got kicked out, is that Bebo's voice is not what I want to hear all the time. Mm. And I was a little bit nervous about Bebo narrating the rest of the thing. Because it's real like... <laughs> that, was Bebo just in the room? <laughs> he left. He left because you're racist, Mike. Uh, moment of the week? We don't My, have to do this. It's a uh, main event. But did you have a moment of the week? No. it's I, 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 I'm going to watch this again. And I'm baffled by that just as much as you are. But it's I loathe the Charlie Brown Christmas. So it's nice to get a new cartoon Christmas special I'd care about. I, uh, I am not as anti-Charles uh, Schultz as Mike is. But I will say that Charlie Brown Christmas is... Really awesome for a while, and then all of a sudden, it's nonstop quoting from the Bible, and Mm -hmm. that is when it gets a little bit weird. It's just a Linus hour, and you find out Linus is a fucking everyday churchgoer type. Born again Christian. Uh, Bebo never, ever quotes from the Bible, and he is always on the CW. Mike, when we come back, let's get to the poll list. Now it's time for the pull list where we go over every other show based on a comic book or... No, that's it. It's just comic book. That's it? Starting off with Hitmonkey. The fifth episode of Hitmonkey gives us that classic conundrum. A bounty on your head has been made public, and now you have to deal with a universe's who's who of assassins, including a bear that is addicted to social media, a bear that loves shopping for their kids, and Fleabo, a grumpy bear... After making it through that, 
They have to chase down and murder a legion of Polly Walnuts clones while Bruce Bryce, I'm sorry, Bryce, prepares for his journey to the afterlife. Taste buds, I ask you this. This is about the time when our bingey seasons get lost in the sauce and we wonder why we're still watching them. Did you feel that here? I guess with, with this kind of like, you want to murder Zeros with assassins, I wanted them all to be weirder. Mm-hmm. Especially with this show, you could have pushed it like the, the they weird. Were just like classic assassins. Yeah, the weird guy who captured him was like the uh, the taxidermist. Pull out the guts, put in the stuff. And I was just like, yeah, you could have been like even more Marvel deep cuts. And maybe these are so deep cuts I didn't realize they were. Or, I, I yeah, but I guess what, what I did like was Yuki, the undead ghost assassin, who decides some people kill too much and then she'll come up and try to hunt them down. Yeah. <laughs> that was cool. I think I'm over it. Yeah? Yeah. What about the following episode? The following episode was funnier, but like, again, Bryce and Hitmonkey are in the same situations every single week. And man, I, I think this is, a, this is the problem of like watching shows a couple of episodes at a time. Like, uh-huh. like, man, what are you offering me now? Especially I, when you have an ensemble like this. We could hang out with Olivia Munn and George Takai a lot more often than we do. Right. So there should be shows where, like, they're the focus, and yeah. then Hitmonkey takes the B story. Yeah. And they, six episodes in a row, have refused to do that. Let's keep the person who can't talk in focus. Did you listen to last week's episode of Superhero Show Show? I did. Greg brought up how Bryce is annoying not because it's bad showmanship. Uh-huh. Like, it's not a bad show, but because he's annoying. And that's what, do you buy that? I found that very interesting that he talks so much because the character is cripplingly lonely. And I do think, especially in these two episodes, there's a few one-two punches that sells that argument. When Yuki is the first person who can touch him because she's a ghost and beats the shit out of him, he says, that hurts like hell, but it's nice to be touched. And you fucking, because it's Sudeikis, you believe him. It's not like... And archerism. He, I think he misses getting hugged. And so somebody hit him in the face and at least it's another thing touching him. I know, but like, I know so many people who are, who just say annoying, unfunny things. And what I do is not hang out with them. Yeah. And now I have to hang out with Jason Sudeikis all the time. Have you tried doing Hitmonkey Ted Lasso back to back? So good Sudeikis just just rubs this out of your head. Alternate episodes? (laughs) Yeah. That's what I should do. They line up, man. Do you have a moment of the week? Uh, Hitmonkey at a certain point saves the cop and then he surfs the driver who tried to kill her. He surfs him into the ground and just Hitmonkey surfing looked awesome and then the flesh ripping away off the guy's face. Sweet. The show does violence great. You know what else it does great? Um, The young detective, the new Uh partner, uh, so worried about her older partner. Yeah. And the older partner orders yet another whiskey. And instead of saying, hey, Stop ordering whiskeys. We're on the clock. She says, hey, I'll also have a whiskey. That's my moment. Heartwarming moment. That's partners, baby. Hitmonkey is all on Hulu. Your next show is Fear the Walking Dead. On this week's episode of Fear the Walking Dead, Strand is trying to get his portrait done. What? But he can't sit down long enough to do so because the people he has turned away from the tower are literally catapulting walkers with bombs inside of them through the windows. Even more annoying than exploding flying walkers, his coffee has also been poisoned. Taste buds, I ask you this. 
Did you hear what I said? They're catapulting walkers now. <laughs> how how did it take fifteen seasons of Total Walking Dead for their Walking Dead zombie bombs to start happening? Do you even know? Like, okay, so Mike, I for your birthday I got you a full on medieval catapult. Mm-hmm. Now you can't aim this to three houses down or five houses down. It's just going to land four houses down from where you live. Do you know what you're putting in it? If they weren't my enemy then, I will decide they cut me off and they're my enemy now. And I'm putting just big old cow patties in there, Ryan. I'm going to the fields behind the house. Just the biggest cow pies. Cow cow shits. Apple yeah. fritters. Apple fritters. Warm. What I would do is I would send tiny other catapults. <gasps> Mind games. What am I supposed to do with this? Each catap- each tiny catapult would have a note that says mind games. <laughs> mind games. No, I think uh, each tiny catapult has a tinier catapult. It's just tiny catapults all the way down. <laughs> Which is the ultimate mind game. Fear the Walking Dead is on the AMC on Sunday. Your next show is The Walking Dead, The World Beyond. Of the penultimate episode ever of The Walking Dead, World Beyond, the crew ends up in a standoff with Jadis after the escape from the CRM facility. And the first group to run away from the hordes of dead coming loose. But also, if none of them move, I think they'd all lose, but let's ignore that. In the midst of this battle, Percy gets shot in the head. Taste buds, I ask you this. If Corduroy was the one to have been killed, would we have protested the finale but not, by not covering it? So, a little bit of inside information. Next week, we're covering oh, the very okay. last episode of Walking Dead Roll Beyond. But Ever. if Corduroy was killed, would we not... Yeah, would we not do it? Because we love him so much? Because I guess we love him. And we, we love d- Corduroy? I guess. Because what is... What's, name, a, name a better type of pants for, for when you pick your nose boogers. and you don't know where to rub it, Mike. That's what I would fucking launch at my neighbors, is Corduroy, pre-booked Corduroy pants. Oh, well, those are fun to wear around town. Post-booked Corduroy No, pants. that's what I meant to say. I'm sorry. I meant to say post-booked. <laughs> Already booked. Pants are just pants. <laughs> yeah, that's just pants. Oh, these are pre-booked. I see, uh, sir. Those are just jeans. <laughs> what if they catapult back to you? Thank you, notes. Say, <laughs> Thanks for giving thank us you. pants. We had a pants thief come by. Pre-booking these pants. <laughs> uh, Walking Dead: World Beyond is on Sunday nights on the AMC. Your next show for is one the more Flash. week. On part three of The Flash Presents Armageddon, Barry calls Jefferson, the Hall of Justice, to follow the Injustice Protocol, because Barry might be losing his mind. We learned that the Injustice Protocol is not just a wink at the game and comic series Injustice. Uh, Off screen, the Justice League decided if one of them ever loses it, the other ones will do whatever they can to kill them, because if any of these people, Black Lightning, The Flash, The White Canary goes bad, the whole world would be ruined. And look, I love Sarah Lance, but I think Barry and her are a little different power-wise. If Barry goes nuts, you probably need to take him down. If Sarah goes nuts, you could probably put her in a normal prison. At the same time, Cecile gets really mad at Iris for believing Barry that he's not going nuts and maybe Joe is alive and they're remembering it wrong because Barry's the Flash and the show's called The Flash. Uh, Ryan, I ask you this. Why are you not watching Armageddon? It's fucking weird, man. Oh, I think that you answered that question with all of your paragraph that you just read. That sounds... Man, to be free of the Flash is like... 
it's just like quitting smoking, quitting drinking, and having no more of your idiot teenage tattoos all at the same time. <laughs> well, I guess I'm still getting idiot tattoos of cigarettes because I'm enjoying these, this five-episode run. Mike, you have never smoked. No. And yet you get tattoos of cigarettes drawn on you at yes. a, almost a nonstop rate. Mm-hmm. But it's always of like a can of beer smoking a cigarette looking all angry. Uh, have you ever seen a cooler can of beer than one smoking a cigarette? No. A head of lettuce smoking a cigarette looking uh, angry. Have you ever seen a cooler head of lettuce? No. Just like a big fucking floppy cow patty smoking a cigarette. Oh, do you mean apple fritters? Apple fritters, yes. I have both a cow patty and an, uh, the donut apple fritter side by side smoking cigarettes. Did you watch this this week? I did. Okay. I, you and I made a deal that uh, you were going to watch The Flash and I was going to watch Riverdale. I bailed. Okay. You so bailer dailed. River, River bailed. Damn it. <laughs> good job. Uh, why are you still watching this? I didn't know you bailed. I thought you'd text me if you would have. And I'm enjoying it. Ryan, but- sometimes you've got to poop for a long time. And that's when you put on The Flash. <laughs> Wait. Do you really poop for 44 minutes at a time? Well, no, but at a certain point, you're on there long enough, you start pooping again. All right, moment of the week. Uh, Barry goes to the future, and Wells is proposing to Iris, and it's definitely like season one evil Wells, and everybody turns around and glares at Barry, and this is all his friends and family, and they go, why is he here? And he looks so upset. It was great to watch his face crumple. Yeah, fuck that guy. (laughs) Uh the Flash is on Tuesdays on the CW. Your next show is Riverdale. This week on Riverdale, the gang finds themselves faced with an unexpected ultimatum after being visited by a mysterious figure. Taste buds, I ask you this. Do we think that mysterious figure is Sabrina? Oh, I was going to say it's Archie, but it's probably Sabrina. That's probably Sabrina. I didn't watch it. I'm sorry. I can't. I thought you would at least watch the one where she showed up. I would have done it, except that... Bebo Saves Christmas came out, and I have priorities, Mike. Yes, you got to save Christmas. What what night of the week is Riverdale on? Riverdale is uh, Wednesdays on the CW. Your next show is Young Justice. On this week's episode of Young Justice, Artemis is on a mission to save Orphan and enlist Oracle to help. While being held captive, we see some of Orphan's first mission under Shiva's training, which was to kill the Joker. Taste Buds, I ask you this. Is the biggest benefit to having kids that you can train them to kill your enemies? Yes. Based on, so I'm jumping around all the seasons of this show. Uh, it is so brutal. And like, like a lot of the best DC stuff, like Stargirl, it's dealing with legacies. But this is dealing, like we've seen Sportsmaster on Stargirl. Uh-huh. And now we're dealing with grown-up Artemis being like, shit, maybe I shouldn't have been so pro my dad when I was younger. And yeah, it's pretty awesome. And she has kids now. It is. I like that Young Justice is letting its heroes age. My favorite thing of fiction is I just realized that my parents are terrible. Mm-hmm. What am I going to do about it? Am I going to fight against them for justice or just be like, ah, fuck Family's it. family. Just, yeah. Uh, Young Justice is on HBO Max on Thursdays. Your next show is Super Crooks. On the second and third episodes of Super Crooks, Johnny is released from prison and meets up with his old supervillain friends. They plan a heist. Things don't go well. And they get chased through the streets. Taste Buds, I ask you this. Are you going to try this one? 
No, after hearing you, Greg, and Taylor talk about last episode. It didn't go well. Mike. I was kind of pumped. I was like, oh, I'll check this out. I, I like Netflix shows because we're going to watch them early. What about uh, when I described different? in detail the last three minutes of the first episode where a truck for no reason crashed <laughs> yeah. into a church for no reason? That made me laugh a lot. But then, Ryan, I can just either A, uh, listen to that 30 seconds of you describing it, or uh, remember that either. you said it and laugh again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Super Crooks is on Netflix. We're doing it week by week. (laughs) Sort of. Your final show, Mike. Yes. And holy shit. I didn't get to talk to you last week about the first two episodes of Hawkeye, but now it's time for episode three. In a zippy third episode of Hawkeye, Kate and Clint meet Kazi Neko, the lieutenant and leader of the tracksuit mafia. Echoes after Ronan for killing her father and an older crew of tracksuits, and Kazi warns her that Uncle may not be happy with how ham she's going. Toy fights, car chases, and some relationship advice to the enemy all end with Clint and Kate back at her mom's with Jack holding Clinton's third point. Tasty Ryan, I ask you this. Before we drill into the rest of the episode, let's talk about the man from UNCLE, Uncle. You want to do this first? Yeah. All right. So I have so many things to say about this episode and the series as a whole. But my goodness, was that not Vincent D'Onofrio's thumb and voice and his coming ch- out chortle? right there? Because we didn't get a line, right? We just got a like a chuckle as he cuffed her cheek. Which is what uncles or f- parents, friends without kids do to kids. Also, when uh, we got away from there and then Echo... Like we had like this whole uh, flashback or flash forward or whatever to Ronan's killing. Echo's yeah, of the tracksuits. It was at Fat Man's. Yeah, Auto. There's, there's no way that Disney's not fucking with us, right? There's no way. This is definitely King. No, 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 definitely no. Vincent. They still think that they're being very clever with Toby and Andrew not being in Spider-Man Three. This is Vincent D'Onofrio as Kingpin. I love it. Are you pumped? I am pumped. I, I actually am because I don't want to see anybody else recast. I really do think that the MCU and F mm-hmm. uh, did some good things, that uh, at least on paper, if not in storytelling, and we should keep some of that. I, I think we left Charlie Cox, Vincent D'Onofrio, and the guy who played Poindexter. Uh, Bullseye. I forget the, Bullseye. the actor's name. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think those three it, were good. We can Foggy can definitely kick rocks. Karen's neutral. I'm neutral on Karen. I I, I also am gonna miss Mike Coulter. And no, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kristen Ritter. Oh yeah, yeah. I guess I was just focusing on the the, the Daredevil family. But yeah, Kristen Ritter. Yeah, we love. We're huge Mike Coulter fans. But uh, I also the the nobody can re, anybody can be recast. There's so many good actors. But I would rather have Vincent D'Onofrio than anybody else from that whole world. There is a rumor on the internet, on the Reddit, that that the is Reddit. the guy who played Shrek on Broadway. Uncle? The guy, the, the uncle is the guy who played Shrek on Broadway. He's not Vince D'Onofrio. He is not. He actually played uh, Kate's father. They cast Kate's father. Oh. They're doing like a hook. Yeah. Or except it's probably his father. That'd be a bummer. And they, they would sweep it from out of... It has to be, right? There's no way. It has to be Kingpin. I think it has to be Kingpin. All right. 
Let's talk about the rest of the episode. Ryan, we are halfway through the season now. How are you feeling overall about Hawkeye? I have heard so much shit. I have heard so much like uh, people who are depressed about how this is going. And I get it because I also read Fraction Aja. Mm-hmm. You know, like I know what Clint is supposed to be, according to that comic. And I know that he's never going to be that in this show because in the MCU, he has three kids. I yeah. don't know what to tell you about that. He's not going to be dirtbag. Right. And I know that was so important to Clint's character. But aside from that, I'm actually not going to make this about can you do the comic book correctly. I'm just going to say, can you do this particular show correctly? Yes. And I can't love this more, Mike. I really do think that I'm on the verge of saying halfway through that this is the best Marvel show, so uh, Disney Plus show so far. I was going to say, in in one year, we've had WandaVision, we've had Loki, we've had What If, uh, we've had Falcon Winter Soldier, we've had Shang-Chi, we've had Black Widow. Shit, man, we got a lot of content this year. We've had Eternals. Where are you going to rank Hawkeye? I mean, for me right now, the only thing that is beating it is I did like Shang-Chi a lot. But it's WandaVision yeah. is the only thing. Because right now, I'm really enjoying people who are like, man, it's really hard to fight, like to be a, a soldier and a warrior in a war between Thor and Loki. Like, yes. That's really, that's really hard for me. So if we could tell like more my level stories, that would be great. And I thought the third episode was a lot of the best of that because we oh, we had a uh, we had a uh, hearing aid that had to be fixed, right? Mm-hmm. And we had a phone conversation, and th- like, oh, dude, heartbreaking, heartbreaking. Jeremy Renner, and I don't want to upset you, Mike. I understand just saying those words makes you upset, but Jeremy Renner Ooh. was miscast. This should be Chris Evans, Chris Pratt. Hawkeye should be like the cocky idiot. Mm-hmm. Jeremy Renner is like a better Captain America or somebody boring. Like stoic? Yeah. Uh, he just like he doesn't have the charm. But him trying to have that conversation with his kid, with Kate interpreting. Trying to scribble as fast as you can what the kid is saying. And at a certain point, Kate scribbled way too fast. Yes. But uh, that was the best I have seen him do this far. And I... also, uh, sorry, Mike, shut the fuck up. But also sorry, uh, getting rid of the tape behind his hands. And then, you know yeah. what? Forgetting, you know, oh shit, I forgot. I'm Hawkeye. I'm Clint Martin. And then bouncing from shelf to shelf in a warehouse. All right, go ahead, Mike. I'm sorry. There's too many things to talk about. Uh, I'll dig into Jeremy Renner first. Uh, the one time throughout all the MCU he felt like real Hawkeye and I liked him was the, this is crazy. There's flying robots. I have a bone arrow. But if you walk out there, you're an Avenger uh, from Ultron. And this is that whole thing. He is not the dirtbag Hawkeye, but he is that all my friends are superheroes and I get the shit kicked out of me and life is hard and it's fucking great. And I like his world weary. I don't want it. I'm too old for this shit. It's working really well. And for so many, not just Marvel shows, Marvel movies, what's lacking is choreography. And that's what Netflix did so well most of the time. And this KB toys, hallways, and in fuck hallways, I'm on the top of a KB toys, a bunch of shelves in a row. He dives into a ball pit to not get shot and just like <laughs> surfs like a shark underneath it, Ryan. Uh, and this and- is all talking about the second biggest action set piece of yes. the episode. And then and then so much of it was in the, the commercial, but it didn't make me mad. I was just pumped. And to fucking Trans-Siberian Orchestra doing the Nutcracker song and they're just 
flipping all around and there's so many trick arrows in the fucking pim arrow ryan this is a delightful episode now like it's been a solid decade since we talked about this because we used to only talk about arrow and now we're talking about hawkeye but i do have to point out to you that none of the trick arrows had a punching glove no uh, boxing glove that shot out on one of those uh flexi things yes like a uh, the boxing nun type thing and that's why i have to give this one star it was so close to five out of five. It was so close to being perfect. And I, I do think, you know, and it's hard going back. I think you're right. Other than WandaVision, this is the best half. We're halfway through. How are we feeling right now? There is, I don't think there's one flawed overall thing in this show right now. I'm I want to point out uh, our one of our Twitter followers, Snorky Baldrick, who said that this is making his Christmas. And I do That's think delightful. it's beca- I do think it's because of how we grew up in the mm-hmm. Shane Black Die Hard Lethal Weapon. Yeah. Is this doing that as well? Yeah, I I did that's the the hero getting the shit kicked out of him all the time while like spitting out a Carol of and, the Bells is yeah, playing in the background. So good, man. Uh all right, let's talk about Echo. Is she a good overall villain so far? And yes. do we or do we just think that she's a link to that big fat daddy. No, I, I'm. I, I kind of wish she had gotten a whole episode without the big fat daddy, uh, because I one of the you know I, you know if you're into comics you stop reading for years and you get back in you stop and you, we've talked about this before. Uh, one of the times I got back in was when Echo was new and fell in love with the character. I think she's a total badass. I'm such a sucker for the Taskmaster. I can do whatever you can do. Uh, so the harder you fight, the better I get. And Echo has that as well. I didn't know and, she was also missing a leg as well. No, I don't remember that. But like, and I like that is like I'm one of the baddest super villains you've met, and I am deaf and I don't have a leg. And I'm going to tell you why you are weak. Uh, I think she is a badass. This is this actress's first role, and she's crushing it. Uh, it sold it so much better than Taskmaster from Black Widow. Yeah, and yeah, like it was so much better. Uh, also, the whole like thing that we have learned from. The movie Sound of Metal from a couple of years ago, uh-huh. of like uh, fixing how you're deaf is like a controversial thing, right? You know, and I, I thought they 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 brought that in pretty subtly, and she's like you you, and she's right because the minute he loses his hearing aid, he is weaker. But she has gone through life like this. Uh, I really like again that the like they didn't have to hammer it home, but like the tracksuit mafia doesn't think they're bad guys. They somebody yeah. killed all of them. These are their friends and family. That they're person's to, the bad guy. They're trying to get revenge on the person who was definitely the bad guy. And that is Clint. And he yeah. is just always like, uh, it was it was that. It was Ronan's, that, I tell you. Ronan's dead and she killed him? <laughs> yeah. It made me, uh, this one episode made me so pumped for Echo's own series. Uh, Mike, I have to get to moment of the week, but uh, I'm going to take that away from us and instead go to the trick arrows. I love the purple goo. Yes. I love the plunger. But goddamn, when that PIM logo came on screen, both me and my wife, and this is important because mm-hmm. my wife cares not. My right. wife almost said, you know what? I'm not going to go see Spider-Man with you. What? Like, that's how over it she is. But when crazy. she pulled it out, when he pulled it out and it said PIM on it, and we were both like, the arrow's going to get bigger. Uh, God damn it. God damn it. I can't. This is the best in the entirety of the MCU. The best. We are showing you what we're about to do before we do it. Because the excitement and the anticipation 
made it so much better. The thing I think is going to happen in three seconds exa- happens exactly. Oh, and it, God, did, did it fulfill. What's your Duh. moment of the week? Delightful. Uh, if it cannot be that, it, it's, we don't talk about, we talk about like, oh, this cool flip was so cool. Uh, I want, the camera work in that car chase scene was so impressive. It Having was. Somebody Alfonso Cuaron, we Children of Men level. Yes. It was dope. And so there's trick arrows throughout it. There's quips, but it's just like, hey, director. Hey, camera folks. You guys crushed it. We don't. We're, we're a TV show show. We don't talk about camera work a lot. And it was so good. Also, I had so much fun during that part where, like, if you see somebody's back turn towards the camera where it blacks out for a second and you're like, oh, they cut there. I don't even care about that. Oh, I don't you know? care. It was yeah. so much fun. But, Mike, I can't believe you didn't pick. There's a time where uh, they drive their car through a Christmas tree lot and they grab a bunch of Christmas trees and oh, they drive out of the lot. And then right when they're leaving, uh, a wild-armed, <laughs> floppy-armed Santa pops back up into the screen and he's like, hello! And that, like... That, I can't believe how well that worked. Yeah, the timing was beautiful. Hawkeye is on Wednesdays on Disney+. Plus. When we come back, that's all the shows that came out this week. When we yes. come back, it's time for X-Men, the animated series. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to X-Taz. Oh, shit, Mike, do you remember the, your OC intro? Oh. Welcome to the OCD, bitch. The show where we take an episode-by-episode episode look at the seminal and underrated primetime soap opera of the early aughts. But put and X-Men right, in all that. And so right now, we're like, where do we start off? Welcome uh, to X-Tasmania, bitch. The show within a show where we take a look at the primetimes, the early Saturday morning soap opera of the late 90s, mid-90s, <sighs> early 90s. I, we spent an entire episode with me not wishing Cassie was here, and now... No, I really do. So, Mike, Moira is kissing Banshee. Mm-hmm. And she's like, hey, Banshee, didn't do it to me because I bet Professor X is in a bunch of trouble. He misses me. And he's like, no, I will kiss you. This is Scottish. I love you. Banshee, I don't even know what you're saying. It sounds so weird. And then there's, there's just shooting. and fight. Do you want me to read this little thing I have in front of me? Oh, yeah. yeah. No, that'd be great. In part three of the Phoenix Saga, Juggernaut and Black Tom Cassidy kidnap Lalandra for Eric the Red, but the X-Men track them down with the help of Banshee, a.k.a. Black Tom's brother. While they're all fighting one of Marvel's many Superman analogs, Gladiator, guard to the Shi'ar Imperial throne, shows up to take Lalandra to her brother, the Emperor, but then Phoenix kicks the shit out of him and rescues Lalandra. Now, Banshee and Moira, on the cliffs of Dover, making out. Yeah, Banshee, I love you. But your lips too big for me, and I have to go think about Professor X. They're like two haggises pressed together. They're like two bagpipes on my head and ears, They're and like I can't hear anything. Two sets of goat's bollocks just smashing up my nostrils. I cannot smell nothing. Your lips are like two uh, shirts of flannel. It's just so much flannel. All my ears in my bro- boobs, my boobs, my boobs, <laughs> my boobs. <clears throat> so Lelandra shows up after that, just in a full-on. 
Oh, and it's hard to it's hard to wonder why uh, Professor X chose Lydra over Moira, yeah. but with all her obsession over sausage lips yeah. and flannel boobs. He's like, I got the weird eyebrows. I can't also get Botox in my lips. I can't be what you want. Lelandra shows up in bananas Dom fishnet outfit. This is a Saturday morning children's cartoon, Ryan. Now, uh, bananas compared to Eric the Red? No, I guess it's they're from a whole... Leather clad. It's roughly the same kinky. Dominatrix kink planet. It's They are, I think, from Transsexual Transylvania. This is definitely where Magenta, Riff Raff, and Dr. Frankfurter are from. So on their planet, they dress in like full uh, bridal gowns uh-huh. for kink? Yes. Full bridal gown kink. Was it weird that Lelandra had like spiders? Is that just part of the Dom thing? But like a spider symbol like clung in the middle of it together. She had like spider... Patterns man, on her I, wrist. Think it, I think they were just like weird, man. Let's make it weird. Yeah. Right? Spiders are weird. Spiders are weird. Let's fucking do that. Uh, well, Landry just shows up and they're both like, oh, hello, how are you? And then Juggernaut just shows up out of a while. Is this, I guess later we figure out that Eric the Red sent Juggernaut there, but for a while I'm like, this is crazy even for the X Men, for everybody to just keep showing up through portals. Well, we also needed uh, Wolverine to have a smell. That's true. You know, like Wolverine had to walk in and be like, I'm a detective. Get out of my way. So, yeah, because uh, Lelandra shows up and the Juggernaut shows up and <laughs> Professor X is like, Kane, I'm in your mind. And then Juggernaut slaps him out of his wheelchair and throws him out the window. Uh, and he's falling. And then even though they, they see him falling, when Banshee has to do his horrific scream to fly and pick him up, uh, they're still like, Charles, there's nobody here. You're crazy. You think Charles made that giant hole in the wall, lady? Hold on, bro. We have to stop here. Now, when I read the comic books, uh, I was uh, a little bit later than Banshee, so I was uh, more of a reader of, like, uh, Siren, Mm -hmm. Banshee's daughter, right? right? And Siren from the X-Force had the power of screaming. That was her power. And when I read it, it was, like, ear-piercing. Right. Like, you're going to Claire's. You're 10 years old. You might cry. And 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 you got your ears pierced. I had to assume that Banshee's power was even more ear piercing than that Mm -hmm. watching this cartoon and seeing it live is that weird to call it like this is seeing it live his scream is not what i had read but instead like (laughs) made me want to shove my fingers so far to my ears that they would be covered in blood but not like not because of how powerful it was it was just like like that's your power is just to be like and now you're like oh i see why she is kind of into xavier and not this Scottish handsome man. I could not believe Banshee's power. This was... The Banshee's power should have flown them from <laughs> this block that they're on right now to one block over. Not like <laughs> across an island or an ocean because he just went... Wow! <laughs> he, he reacted... Like, every time he used his power, he reacted to every time that there was, like, a surprise in a movie. Like, that's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> No, and it, sure, it's annoying for the people watching the movie with me, but I want people to know that I was just slightly surprised, not very surprised, but slightly surprised <laughs> about what the j- movie just offered me. Ryan, w- what did you do when you realized it was Vincent D'Onofrio's hand patting little Echo? <laughs> there you go. Uh, but, I like, you have a cartoon. You could hire anybody to do voices for anything we are a couple years out of past jurassic park you could have just taken 
the T Rex roar. Just buy that from them. <laughs> Terrifying. <laughs> they should have all joined Black Tom's and Juggernaut's team. Bike, you you just reminded me that they should have alternated, and so that when Banshee flew, it should have been that Jurassic Park horrifying scream, and then when in Jurassic Park the, when the <laughs> Raptors roared, they should have just been like. <laughs> So they're all trying to tell Professor X he's crazy. And he says, I know Lange is real. And Moira says, how do you know? And he says, because I love her, Moira. Okay. That's not a great argument, Charles. This is amazing. Because one, he previously on X-Men <laughs> loved Moira. Yes? Yes. And now loves Lalandra despite having never met her and well, maybe she doesn't exist. You know, she wears leather and puts a weird amount of gel in her hair into it i'm in love he he would he would have freakouts where lalandra would come and wear her weird hairdo and have her weird makeup and he was like you know what i love her how do we aren't we all charles xavier when we were 10 maybe <laughs> we do a little doodly, doodly. now we're in new york jeans in a coma cyclops is weeping over a bed and here's how, look, you and I are Cyclops defenders, and this show makes it hard to be sometimes. Oh, man. It, it, this episode really does. He is weeping over her comatose body, and he says, what's happened to you, Jean? You know what? Fine question to ask. And he goes, what's going to happen to us? Uh, she's been in the hospital for a day, and it seems like you already have a foot out the door, Scott, and that bothers me. <laughs> and you can tell that because Wolverine's like, we should get the fuck out of here. We should go fight some shit. Yeah. And then... People are like, hey, man, Cyclops told us not to do that. And then Cyclops is like, no, Wolverine is right. Yeah, that's how you know Cyclops is fucked up in the head. It's uh, Wolverine's like, we need to fight. And Storm says, no, 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 Xavier told us it was dangerous to follow his orders. And Cyclops was also anti-Wolverine until, I don't know, a strong black woman said, let's not do it. And then he goes, no, we should fight. But why, why again, Mike? Why again are we in the situation where, like, Cyclops is like, all right, no, we should fight. Everybody go, except for Storm. Storm, you stay here with me. What the fuck you're, are we hey, doing? Hey, Storm, you're very she strong. Controls you're the, the best. Weather. And then meanwhile, back in Scotland, we find out Big Daddy Red uh, paid Juggernaut and Black Tom Cassidy to steal Elandra. But then he betrays them, Ryan. Can you believe that Eric the Red wouldn't follow his bargain? I, I love how Eric the Red, an alien in Big Daddy Red Leather... Red red human leather found gold? Yes. Bags of pay, dollar sign gold. <laughs> pay these people and then betrayed them. That's shocking to me, Mike. And, That's shocking to me. But he's doing it to little black Tom Cassidy because he just has like a cane that shoots things. And he's like, you can't hear me. Juggernaut walks behind him and lifts him up. And you can start to hear bones crackle and pop. Eric the Red's getting the shit squeezed out of him. And that's when your bones started to pop, right? Yeah. And my pants. Oh, yeah. I think that we were all clear that, like, you get a boner when you hear cartoon bones pop. Uh, one of my favorite moments. Uh, so you alluded to this earlier. is because they're like, Charles is crazy. And Wolverine's like, I'll use my nose. Uh, and he's like, nope, that's Juggernaut. That's a scent I don't re- recognize. You guys are all crazy. And then Banshee starts trying to talk to him. And Wolverine just walks away from him. While Banshee's voice gets, like, quieter and quieter and quieter. <laughs> 
I, Wolverine and Banshee are the two MVPs of this episode, even though there's a ton of shit that happens. Mm-hmm. Because uh, at one point, Banshee's like, somebody better, somebody better teach him manners. And Wolverine turns around and says, like, oh, I'll teach you manners. <laughs> and Banshee's like, well, I didn't ask anybody to teach me manners. I was just talking about... <laughs> I was just I was just paying this forward, but Banshee and Wolverine are the best together. Especially when Banshee saves Wolverine, and Wolverine it hurts everybody's ears, but everybody else hasn't been polite enough. Wolverine puts his hands over his ears as Banshee's <laughs> screaming and saving his ass. And again, Banshee is not that loud. All no. he does is. <laughs> uh, they're going to f- rescue Lilandra now, and they're like, "How will we even know?" Who to rescue? And Wolverine says, she's from another galaxy. You see someone you don't know, rescue her. Great advice. Dude. Okay. I thought, we're going to talk about this in a bit, about how there was a little bit of a viral video about this episode. I thought this line was from that viral video. But no, Wolverine straight up says, you see a girl who's like uncomfortable? Save her. That's great advice. That's good Honestly, advice. That's, we could all follow that a little better. Yeah. If you see a girl who's like, I wish that I was not here right now. Save her. Just jump in and go. And nobody will be looking at her anymore. And you're a hero. Ryan, how did you feel about, so that that we're all battling on the top of this castle roof, Black Tom and, and Banshee's like child home. And in the middle of them, like quipping and fighting every once in a while, we just cut to red fists. And he goes, whoa, 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 whoa. and then we go back to the fight and we cut to red fist. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Mike, I don't. This is a big deal, right? Guardian. Like, I mean, like the director choice of introducing him like this. Yeah, it, it means he's going to be a big deal. Uh, I mean, like, whoa, like the, the the punches are coming, in, and he was. Like I, uh, you talked earlier about uh, the various Marvel Supermans. Uh huh. Is this the one? I think he's the toughest of them all, and like Sentry barely counts. And Hyperion. Yeah, I think it's Guardian. I think Guardian could take them all. And he he's a mohawk, sweet mohawk. <laughs> <laughs> and and we know he's tough because Eric the Red we've seen is tough. And then he is sniveling like a Gaston hanging off of a fucking French castle when Guardian shows up. He's just like, oh, hello. I love <laughs> I love how this is why Guardian is cool. Um, there's so much like, oh, we can't go in there all the time because Juggernaut's going to destroy us. Mm-hmm. And also Eric the Red is very tough. You know, like these are very strong beings. And Guardian absolutely yeets Juggernaut. Just, just throws nope. Juggernaut behind him. And not a hair on his mohawked head is out of place. <laughs> He's a badass, dude. He's tough as shit, but he is a bad guy. And so Lalandra talks to Charles to get Jean to wake up. They have the three-way call to get the Phoenix to Scotland. And this big tough guy who had the sweet intro, yeets Juggernaut, made Eric the Red sniveling, is nothing to the Phoenix. And she wags her Phoenix finger in his face. And says, if you will serve no worthy master, then learn the power of the phoenix while wagging her finger the whole time. Did you memorize that? Like, it's Shakespeare? Yes. Yeah. I got it tattooed on my wrist. <laughs> and then uh, it kind of ends there. I actually don't remember how this episode ends. 
That no, that's it. Is that like we we uh, think that Juggernaut is the biggest badass, but mm-hmm. then there's Gladiator, and then Gladiator is the biggest badass, but then there's Dark Phoenix, and then she yeets him. Everybody's eating everywhere. <laughs> there's so much <laughs> eating. It's like it yeets giving. Ryan, before we get to the awards, let's talk about I'm Juggernaut, bitch. So, Mike, I'm a little bit older than you. That's sure. I uh, I can remember viral videos. Do you from E Bomb's world? E Bomb's world. Do you remember this being a thing? I very much oh, oh, do. Uh, actually, let me start from the past, future. Days in X Men: The Last Stand. They got a rugby player, Vinnie Jones, to say, "I'm the Juggernaut, bitch." Mm-hmm. Why? Why would he say that? Because of a viral video where Juggernaut runs through walls and says, I'm the Juggernaut bitch. I didn't get a chance to rewatch this. Also, I looked it up. It's 10 minutes long, Ryan. Did you watch the 10-minute viral video? I watched all 10 minutes of this. I watched this episode twice. Once on Disney Plus (laughs) and the second time on YouTube. And describe for the people what this is like. So, uh, one of the first viral videos that I know about was uh, a group of people redoing the voices of this episode. They were like, hey, what's up? I talk like this now. But also like, hey, what are you, a girl? I'm going to rape you now. Okay, my next question was going to be, does it hold up? And it seems like no. It's hard. Some of it is really funny. Some of it is not funny at all. Do you think maybe 10 minutes is too long and they could edit it down to just a super punchy, fun two minutes? I feel like if they cut all the rape jokes, that mm. it could be okay. Because it, it, it is kind of funny. Without all the rape jokes. All right. So let's right. watch. Well, maybe we'll put it in the show notes. You decide for yourselves. Email Ryan. Let's get to awards. Ryan, what is the most 90s moment of this? Oh, the most the most nineties moment is Gladiator, just like his look, but also his uh, <laughs> his flying fist. <laughs> and just so people know, like the nineties was all about like uh, first person shooters, uh-huh. and that's what this was. It's like he was flying right towards you. Yeah, I was surprised when we saw him. I thought the rest of the episode was just going to be from his POV. I agree, it's Gladiator, and it's uh, Juggernaut. And be like, so we're going to listen to Mr. Bad Hair Day? <laughs> Come on, Chuck, you're not. You're better than that. What is your gasp? Uh, my gasp, obviously, was when I realized that this episode was the, uh, the viral <laughs> video. Yeah. Uh, that's a good one. Mine is the line we talked about earlier. The, I know Lilanja's real. How do you know? Because I love her, Moira. That's like, oh, this straight up is Days of Our Lives. <laughs> like, this is some silly shit. Charles is such a fucking drama bitch. <laughs> what is your uh, best use of powers? My best use of powers is, of course, <laughs> I mean, if you have the ability to yeet Juggernaut, <laughs> You should yeet Juggernaut, and that is my best use of powers. I think we're going to hit both ends of the spectrum here, because if you have the power to yeet Juggernaut, yeet Juggernaut. But also, so rarely is a nose powerful, and it matters. And they were trying to gaslight Charles Xavier and say he was crazy, and Wolverine just went in there and smelled folks. 
And I was just like, nope. <laughs> there are bad guys here and we gotta go fight. LVP. Hey. Yeah, like, uh, help protect my girlfriend. No, wait. That guy's idea is better. Uh, go outside and protect him. It's Cyclops. Did he even go to Scotland? No. It's his land. He, just, he sat there. He pulled up a chair, and he sat there forever. I think he mostly just wanted to be alone in that room, and he wanted to get Like, do you know how hard it is? Like, it's getting increasingly hard to defend Cyclops. Well, we're Cyclops from the comic fans, I'd say. Let's <laughs> let's put some asterisks. Uh, my LVP is Eric the Red. He's supposed to be this badass these last three episodes, and then he just snivels to Guardian, and then Juggernaut uh, starts popping his bones when he tries to double cross them. This guy's a weak sauce. MVP. I gotta go with Gene Phoenix. Yeah. Like, uh, Yeet. Yeah. She she lays in the bed a lot, but she's like, oh no, wait, hold on. Now I am the Phoenix, <laughs> and then she goes and solves a bunch of problems. Yeah, it's Gene and just, Phoenix and finger wags and has a hip sash the whole time. So sassy. Yeah. Ryan, that is X-Tasmania, and that is a breakdown of I'm the Juggernaut Bitch video. Uh, that's the show. So, uh, I don't know. Do you got any podcasts you want to talk to people about? Oh, my God, Mike. I'm so glad that you asked. Movie of the Year is the only podcast that determines what is the single greatest movie of any given year. Please listen to Movie of the Year. Rate, review, subscribe. Also, Unnatural 20s. Rate, review, subscribe. Yeah, if you're missing Cassie, you'll get her there because I bet she doesn't fucking not show up to that show next week. Hit us up at your pop filter on Twitter, on Instagram. Let us know what you think about fags. What else is there? Is there anything else, Ryan? Yeah, uh, at. Your Pop Filter on Instagram at Your Pop Filter on Twitter. So, no, there's not anything else. Do you want to just that ta- it? Should we just talk about what's next week? Yeah. All right. I fucking dare you. Ryan, we're going to say goodbye to Walking Dead. No. World Beyond. Mike, don't. Forever. Mike, don't. Mike, no, no. Forever. I told you to not. Ever. Plus, I sit down with Jamie Price to talk about nerdy music and cool-ass voice acting and every other show that comes out next week. Duff said, for Ryan, I'm Ryan, Ryan, I'm Ryan, 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 Ryan. <laughs> it's your fucking dream, isn't it, you perv?